Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. When we do our campfire chats, they are a little bit longer. They're a little more free-flowing. They don't have that much editing. Uh, It's more of an open mic. Uh, In fact, I put this podcast together because Nathan's been under the pump and I recorded this uh, last week in a friend's basement in the Midwest in Columbus, Ohio. But this episode, it is more of an entertainment style, so I'm just giving you the heads up. If you just want some background entertainment, have a bit of a laugh, this is your episode. If you're after a eight-point financial strategy, turn off now, baby. Just letting you know. And then after this episode, we went back to my friend's pool, Nick Bradley's pool, and you know had a bit of a swim, you know, afternoon chill, and we got talking. And next minute, I've tasked Nick, who you'll hear on this podcast, to host our My Millennial Investor podcast. Now, Nick is one of the funniest people I know personally. Uh, We get on quite well, but he's also really into investing in shares. He reads more online about investing than I do, and I want to really try and um, see what we can do in the US market. Uh, with the brand. And more importantly, the My Millennial Investor podcast, I was a bit sloppy and only did it like on an ad hoc basis. And Nick's committed to do an episode every week. So we'll get some more content. So if you haven't already, uh, jump over and hit subscribe or follow on the My Millennial Investor podcast and give it a listen. It's a bit of an intro about what we're going to do with that podcast and a bit about Nick and his story. Uh, He's a millionaire in his own right. He doesn't have any debt, any consumer debt, any property debt. Um, And he's just, he's really, I think, the perfect host for the My Millennial Investor podcast. So jump over, have a listen. Now let's play some podcast entertainment this is exactly worth what you paid for it, this one. So thanks for listening. I'll see you guys soon. Bye. This podcast is for entertainment purposes only. So it doesn't replace your own financial, tax, legal, or financial product advice. Okay? So... What this is, we've got the campfire here. It's a campfire chat. Okay. And we do Excellent. these episodes. We're just sitting around the campfire. And we happen to be stateside in Columbus, Ohio. And I've got my good friends. Well, yeah, we're, we're well I won't say good, but I'll, I'll say people I know. Uh, Nick Bradley, hey, welcome. Hey. welcome to the campfire. Thank you. And uh, I'm staying at Nick's house. Uh, I stay at his house when I'm in the States. 
and Nick's an investor. We're going to... He's drinking scotch at the moment. Uh, bourbon. Bourbon. And, it's America. Sorry. And James. Hey, James. What's up, Glenn? Welcome. <laughs> now, ja- we were debating in the car on the way here. We're at actually James's studio because he's a muso and we might talk about some of his music stuff later and we can promote your music. All right. You're going to have to get that mic a bit cr- closer. Yeah. <sighs> I am jealous of the stand, though. Yeah. Yeah, I even got the stand so that I would have perfect mic placement. Mm. It's much better. So, the campfire, it's its informal. We just chat. But today, I'm chatting around. We put in the Facebook group, biggest money mistake. And everyone wrote their biggest money mistake. And we're going to read some of them out. <laughs> yeah, it's a competition to see if they are dumber than we are. That's right. right. So we've got a reference here. Uh, one reference is Nick Bradley. The second one is James Truslow. Now, is it Truslow or Truslow? Truslow. Yeah. Because Nick was saying sometimes you pronounce it five different ways. Yeah, I, I've actually never learned how to say my own last name. Mm. So really, I leave it up to the people. Yeah, that's cool. So let's just, um, you know, we're, we're, we are a money podcast. We're in your basement. We've got the fire on. We've got the marshmallows happening. Mm. Uh, what are you drinking? We got you a latte, a honey. What is it? A honey latte and a. We a, we were going for honey latte, but they were all out of honey. So latte mm. it is with some some Hennessy. Mm. Yeah, and it's three thirty p.m. So these, <laughs> that's right. <laughs> yeah. Shh. All right. So just to set the scene, like you guys are friends of the podcast now. What's your I'll start with you, James, just to set the scene before we ask you your biggest money mistake. What's your relationship with money? Ooh, complicated. <laughs> <laughs> That's still an option on Facebook, right? Yeah. I wasn't money motivated until I realized how bad I needed it. <laughs> so kids do that to you. Mm. How old are you? I'm 33. And your wife? Yeah. Uh, 32. Yeah, so yeah, millennials. Oh, yes. Mm. Deep in the millennial circle. Mm. Um, yeah, I actually really didn't, I didn't even care to, to be self-sustaining. I was like, yeah, as long as I like make enough to live, I'll be fine. And then kids took all my money and I realized, wow, retirement would be nice someday. So I should probably figure this thing out. Mm. And you, you do a bit of a a passive income through your music. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Which is cool. So I have a, a job at a church in town and then I, uh, toured for about 10 years and kind of built up a little bit of of a music career. And so mm. that just kind of gets me some royalties and it's not too bad. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. What's your relationship like with money, Nick? Um, I like it a lot. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm a fan. I'm, it helps you buy things. Yeah. Helps you do things. Mm-hmm. Like James, I have two kids and they're expensive. In fact, we could end the podcast. That's my biggest mistake. Yeah. <laughs> biggest money mistake. I had two children. Yeah. They're they need a lot. You know, you might be, I'm just thinking, I reckon you're like my closest friend. Who's, well, I haven't finished. Let's, just, let's yeah. end there. Let's yeah. end context, context. Yeah. I reckon you're my closest friend who's ever been on My Millennial Money, the podcast. Ooh, ooh. Oh, no, Dirty Mike has. Uh, but like, you're next in line to the throne. I thought you were going to say my only friend who is also decent with money. Mm. Well, you are good with money. So... That's a good segue when I said you are good with money, Nick. Sometimes. Sometimes. Let's let's tell a story about your experience 
with uh, money. With my most recent dumb decision? Yeah, and I, I must say, when Nick told me this, he called me <clears throat> and he was literally sweating bullets. <laughs> and yes. I, my first reaction, I think I was laying in bed. Probably with a cup th- of tea. 12, 13 hour time difference. Yeah, yeah. And I think I spat my cup of tea <laughs> out and could not stop laughing. That was my it's reaction. It's a good friend. It's a good friend. Yeah. So, so I barely make it onto this podcast because I'm what Americans call an Oregon Trail Millennial. Mm-hmm. So, I'm born in 82, so just turned 40, July 6th. And that's right on the cusp of what is like allowed or not allowed. So, the Oregon Trail Millennials grew up playing the floppy disk computer game, the yeah. Oregon Trail. Right. Which I don't know if Australians no. know what that is. No. It's like... When the pioneers went from like Missouri to found the West Coast in Oregon, people went on trail and you had to hunt buffalo and I don't think I ever made it past Missouri, Nick. Yeah, you had to you had to cross the river and you'd I died always of die. botulism pretty you'd early. Die, you either mm. die of botulism or dysentery. <laughs> so it's a sixteen bit computer floppy game. So yeah. Oregon Trail Millennial. Okay. So in I have this a strategy, like James said. You know, you don't realize you need money until you really realize you need money. And that's typically when you have kids. You're like, holy cow, I got to get a plan together. I've just been living my life, trying not to be uh, bad with money, no debt, you know, work on that angle, but really need to invest for the future. So this year, I started doing a covered call strategy. So I purchased 100 shares of the NASDAQ QQQ, the NASDAQ 100. And when you own 100 shares of a company, any company, you can write a covered call for the future that gives somebody else the option to purchase your shares from you at a set price at a set date. So the QQQ, is that an index? Uh, sorry, is that like an ETF? Yeah, ETF who's, index who's by the manager? Invesco. Okay, cool. So, so. Uh, just for Australia, it'd be like he bought 100 shares in A200 or something like that. Yeah, technology forward, whatever. You know, Apple, yeah. Microsoft. Yeah. All those big companies. Just a boring old index ETF you bought 100 shares in. Yeah. And then cool. the, the idea is to generate weekly income by selling a certain date out with the price out. Each Friday, these options expire. So I was getting a little bored with that. It was going well. Jeez. You know, making 100, maybe 20 bucks a week, not including any growth, just like on the passive income side. So I started getting a little more in-depth with the options trading, and I said, let me do um, a combination where I sell some options and I buy some options. And then those are supposed to secure themselves so that you don't have any upside or downside risk. What you purchase is your maximum profit and your basically max loss is written into the thing. So I make my options contract. I'm feeling pretty good about it. This is Monday. Things are going okay. By my birthday, Friday, things have hit the fan. I don't know if you have such sayings in Australia. Yes. This is your 40th birthday, right? Yes. Yeah. Okay. So it's nice. great. <laughs> one of my option legs expired in the money, which is not a good thing if you are trying to preserve your capital. So I had five contracts out, uh, and each contract is worth 100 shares. So I've obligated myself to 500 shares. But again, it's supposed to protect itself. But only one leg of my contract was in the money, and I was celebrating my birthday in the pool. So I didn't really pay attention. I said, look, the max I'm going to lose is the $800 that I had worried about. No big deal. It's my 40th. Don't worry about 800 bucks. Let's have some fun. I wake up at 4.30 in the morning, Saturday, on my actual birthday, to see that I'm, I've been assigned these 
500 shares of the QQQ mm. at, let's say, $300 per share. And I am now borrowing $150,000 from my broker. <laughs> so and I'm actively shorting the market. <laughs> so this is, and you know, I always talk about America like freedom, democracy, pew, 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 you know, America. It's a, it's so wild that your, was it TD Ameritrade? TD Ameritrade, yeah. Like Nick's broker actually literally sunk him into deficit. Like they just didn't close out when there, it- There's your mortgage. Go for it. Yeah. So you wake up, the craps hit the fan, mm-hmm. and your account is in 150000 US negative. Well, yeah, I'm shorting the market. Yeah. So mm. I don't own the the- 500 shares of the QQQ. I own the reverse. I'm shorting the NASDAQ 100 by $150,000. And you cannot trade options unless it's market times. So 9.30 a.m. Eastern to 4 p.m. Eastern. So I'm waking up Saturday morning at 4 or 5 in the morning. Happy birthday. <laughs> and I have, yeah. I have kidding. no control until Monday at 9.30 a.m. The the cherry on top of this is you had kind of found this out, but you didn't know we were throwing a surprise party for you. No so idea. so he, he walks into the pool, and we're all screaming, happy birthday, let's celebrate your life. And Nick puts on his mask of a face for, for hours, man. And I just see you internally. Like, how am I going to break this The whole this to time my I'm telling myself, there's no way this is actually happening. Like, certainly it's just a glitch over the weekend. <laughs> and it's going to fix did itself. Did you chat with TD Ameritrade? Like, Their the- options desk wasn't open <laughs> over the weekend. Their options desk opens <laughs> oh. 5 a.m. Monday. So I set my alarm oh. for 5, and I woke up at 4.45 without my alarm oh. on Monday morning. But I'm, yeah, like James said, you know, 30 people are at my house. We're having a pool party. Everyone's dunking. Oh, happy birthday, happy birthday. And I'm like, I have to mortgage my house to pay for this dumb mistake. And yeah, I'm just like putting on a face, you know, all through Sunday, just trying to put on a face. Wake up at 4.45 in the morning Monday, like, okay, they're going to tell me. It was all just a glitch. And I wake up and I actually look at my account and it shows me the negative 500 shares the money that I had in that account that I've been building up over the last year is just liquidated. It's gone. <clears throat> How much was that? Like thirty grand or like something? Like forty five thousand. So well, at the time it was probably forty. So mm. like forty grand that I've been working gone. And I'm negative one fifty on margin loan. <laughs> and I can't do any I call T D Ameritrade and they say you you can't sell any options until market open. I'm like, well, where's the 100 shares that I had? Well, we sold that to help cover part of your... <laughs> so they, oh, tried, they tried to close it out yeah. for you. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm like, so I, the money I had was gone. The money I don't have is going to be gone. I'm looking at rising interest rates and I now have to cover this 150 grand. At what point did you tell your wife? I gave her an inclination uh, <laughs> Saturday night that I had made a bad decision and I was learning valuable lessons in trading. <laughs> Um, (laughs) Monday morning, as I'm pacing... I honestly could not stop (laughs) laughing. It's funny when it's not you. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) So Monday morning, after I get off the phone, I talk to the TD Ameritrade lady. She says, you have to wait till 9.30, mark it open. And I'm just like, oh, no. So I've got four more hours just to sweat and to think, what have I done? So 9.30, approaching market open, it's like, it's going in my favor. Mm. So I sold at 300 and it's now at 296. 
So I'm shorting, which is good for me. It, I need it to go down. Mm. And I'm feeling a little more confident, a little more confident, but options can go crazy anyway, pre-market, post-market, doesn't really matter in the States. Like stuff goes bonkers once the market opens. So I'm ready to go. As soon as market opens, I'm by my computer two hours early, ready to trade. Market opens, I hit execute, and as soon as I start to get close to the execute, to hitting the button, I like pull it up, it just keeps going down and down <laughs> and down. I'm like, okay, I like where this is headed. <laughs> so I'd, I had a meeting at oh 10 a.m. <laughs> so I waited till 9.59, closed my trade out, ended covering my $150,000 margin, <laughs> up $2,800 for the stressful <laughs> weekend, and it only cost me maybe four or five years off Happy my life. Birthday, Happy, Happy birthday, Nick. Happy birthday. But did you, did like the wash up, did you lose that 40 grand? So the 40, so they were, that was on hold. Sure. Against my mortgage. Oh, my, okay. Yeah, yeah, my, yeah. Uh, margin. Yeah. So once I executed the buyback trade to unshort out. the market, yeah. the 40 grand popped right back into my account. So I, I said to Nick Gleason, I said, oh, did, Nick um, feel a bit flat at his 40th. <laughs> and he's like, yeah, he was in a bit of a quiet, quiet mood. Oh, I love it. So what did we learn? Well, TD Ameritrade, if you're listening, if you're a sponsor of My Millennial Money, when your, when your contract execution says max loss of a dollar amount that isn't a max loss. That's fictitious language. Because mm. literally when I executed this, it, I have one side of the trade that covers the other side. So it should be exactly what they're saying is a max loss. They need to put a very large asterisk saying, unless one leg ends up closing in the money, then you will have a very bad weekend. It, it's wild because they've literally given you an, a loan unsecured. Without any know your client or right. any of that stuff. And I, I opened this account online and I clicked whatever my income was that I wanted to click and they never verified anything. Goodness. Gosh. It's the wild, wild west. So you learn that TD Ameritrade are wild, but any other practical lessons in your quest for uh, when you do your options trading on the side? I haven't gotten back. I, I'm sticking to my plan. Yeah. That is my lesson actually. Yeah. Is I had a plan that is safe, that is you acquire 100 shares, you sell 100 shares, and you are comfortable with whatever that number is if you get executed. So let's say I bought it at 300 and it went to 305 and that's what my contract is. I will sell at 305, even if it goes to 310, 315. I'm comfortable making that amount of money when it goes up from 300 to 305. And surely though, you've realized that either side of the option, like one leg was executed at the wrong time or yeah like, i'm just not doing that anymore sure okay so now i'm only going against the 100 shares i have yeah so i'll never put myself in a position <laughs> yeah. where i owe td ameritrade mm. multiples of money mm. <laughs> well it did you good you lost a lot of weight yeah over that weekend you know yeah. <laughs> i've put a little great for your a little bit back on. Yeah. <laughs> talk about a great pool party i think photo. we missed the dumbest part of this trade though mm. I was risking what I thought was eight hundred dollars. Yeah, ended up being short one hundred and fifty thousand dollars on margin for a while, all to make thirty eight dollars <laughs> that week. <laughs> yeah. Actually, let me just let me put this into a calculator. Uh, oh my Thirty eight divided by eight hundred. 
You were fishing for a 4.75% spread. Well, but that was a weekly trade, so times 52. If you do that every single week, yeah, 247%. Well, so if you, you do go. 4% a week, it makes sense. Mm. But $48 against 150 does not feel good. No. I don't recommend that to the children listening at home. <laughs> do you have a dumb money mistake? Oh, I James. do. I do. Actually, uh, in my short amount of time. You should talk about your very first stock purchase ever. <laughs> <laughs> I should. Is that a loaded question? <laughs> you know, it is. I am, I am one of the most stereotypical millennials that will be listening to this in the sense that I got into the stock market with the meme stocks. <laughs> <laughs> because that's just what you did. Um, and so GameStop had just happened. And my buddy obviously was like, hey, uh, they're doubling down on AMC. Time to get in, man. Nine bucks a share. Giddy up. I'm like, well, I haven't done any research, so this sounds like a great idea. So <laughs> I, um, I had, actually, I had a good chunk of money on the side that I was getting ready to invest in some music equipment. And I was like, ah, eh, you know what? It's fine. Let's just, let's give this a whirl. So I bought, um, I don't know, I think I started out with like 500 shares of AMC or something like that. And uh, I mean, again, zero research, but I was I was preaching this thing, man. I mean, anyone that would listen, I'm like, I invested this money. Clearly, you should invest this money. So I did get some friends to jump in and hop in. <laughs> and the narrative obviously was that AMC was going to do what GameStop did, and that is you know, hit, what was it, 500 a share, something crazy like that. So yeah, midday was pretty wild. I'm believing the hype. Um, so again, I had, at this point, I had, uh, I think, 500 shares. And I think it was a week later is when we started to see the chaotic run-up. Um, and, uh, we, you know, we're hitting the 20s, jumping to the 30s, and there was, what, a couple days there, and we hit 72, and I'm with Nick <laughs> and uh, David Carey and... They are begging me to put a stop loss. They're like, you don't understand. This isn't normal. Well, we tried to okay. just sell. <laughs> so, sell, so, sell, yeah. sell, 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 sell. Just real numbers. You put about four and a half thousand dollars in. Yes, it got up to around thirty-six thousand. That's right. US. <laughs> That's right. So we're at. We're literally. It was a. It was an exciting lunch. It was. We're, we're at. We're like in the car. It went up like eight. Eight or nine dollars per I share. I was God at this moment. I mean, I was the guy who made the smartest financial <laughs> like investment. You idiots. Of anyone you at the table, I'm me. like, listen to me. Listen to me. I know what I'm talking about. And are, are you willing to say what number you thought per share it was going to hit? I was. You, you bought at convinced. nine. You were convinced. I was convinced it was going to hit at least $150 a share. Wow. At least because of my vast experience in the market. <laughs> So, I'm looking at this 35 grand in my account, and while um, eating pepperoni pizza. That's right, my buddy, my buddy <laughs> Sean, who I had convinced to jump in as well. He's like, "Hey man, I'm out. Good luck, <laughs> <laughs> fool, Sean. You fool." Um, the rest is history. So I, I then just continue to watch do you, it. Do you still have your position two. open? I, I, I do. <laughs> and, what, and what's the current price of AMC today? Uh, Probably nine oh nine. Yeah, yeah, oh yeah. Um, He's up nine cents. Listen, yeah. I haven't, I haven't lost money yet, but my but you've games. gained experience. <laughs> yeah, and I've done a couple funny things. We are ten minutes to close in the stock market today, and it is eight dollars and sixty cents. Oh, we're You're negative. officially losing money. We're negative. <laughs> so I'm, I'm living. What's the date today? Twentieth of twenty first of September. Twenty twenty two. That's right. Um, yeah, 
I was thinking this, like, I reckon the absolute dumbest thing I've done with money. Well, I know a lot of these, actually. <laughs> I don't think you want me to out you. <laughs> no, 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 no. Okay. Yeah, you're a guest here, Nick, and I've got a reputation. <laughs> um, I was trying to, it was around the time where I wanted to go, I was looking into like that whole point tack thing and, you know, trying to game the airline system and that and. I didn't really know how, uh, and this would have been in 2018 because I remember sharing this story on the podcast, the first you know couple of episodes, and I wanted to go up to the States, come up here, and like a business ticket was like eight grand or something like, like expensive, right? And I'm like, oh, you can buy points and then pay for points for seats. And, you know, I flew up here this time with points, so it didn't cost me anything to fly business up to LA this time. And, right. But the thing is, I didn't understand that you've actually got to book the, with Qantas, like actually <laughs> Maddie who came up here, he's like, oh, I came up, I used points. I said, you, you didn't pay with points. He goes, yeah, I did. I'm like, it's the worst thing you can do, like offset the, mm. the actual dollar with points. The best thing to do with points is use the classic rewards seats or the, what do you guys call that? The I don't know point seats or something like. I don't think we have those options stateside. Yeah, either way, I can log in, filter a search, and it will tell you. It will put a little star on the flights that have seats available that you yeah. can actually just pay the seats with points mm, through gotcha. that program, as opposed to checking out, saying, "Oh, the ticket's two thousand dollars. Do you want to trade a thousand dollars worth of points and paying for with points that way?" See the difference. So anyway, I'm deep on the interwebs. I'm like researching this stuff and you're from Alaska, right, Nick? See. Which is, you know, East Russia. Um, you can see Russia from Alaska, can't you? At one point, yes. The yeah. Diomede Islands. Yeah. And I, Alaskan Airlines is part of One World, right? Like Qantas is with. Mm -hmm. So I logged on. I found a promo and I purchased four and a half thousand dollars worth of Alaskan points. <laughs> and I'm like, this is awesome. I'm going to buy a business return seat to LA for four and a half thousand dollars. Money win. Oh no. No point seats available. <laughs> so, oh I'm no. Stuck. I'm stuck oh, with no. four and a half thousand dollars worth of Alaskan air miles. <laughs> Oh my gosh. <laughs> but they were, I actually emailed them and this was the cool thing. Um, I emailed them and said, look, I'm a dickhead. Uh, I'm Glenn. Nice to meet you. <laughs> and they actually refunded it. So oh, that's their favorite way for that's a Alaska for you. to start. Is we it are, really? We're a nice people. Are we? Yeah. Okay. You're broke down on the side of the road. We're pulling over. Right. Cell phone coverage isn't great. <laughs> it's also very cold and animals are everywhere trying yeah. to eat you. So I, I think that's probably the dumbest thing I've done. Like, I don't believe you. But oh. that's airworthy at least. That's airworthy. We admitted to losing 36000 and possibly one hundred fifty. <laughs> yeah, that's right. But if your $4,000 that you got refunded is the dumbest thing that you can come up with, sure. We'll say that's right. Yeah. So um, look, it's there's a common denominator, isn't there? It's trying to game the system and make it quick dollar. And when you do dumb things, there's a high chance that it doesn't work out. Yeah. Yes. Warren Buffett, one of the richest men in the world. Just play the long game. 
As long as you're waiting to become a billionaire when you're like 89 years old, yeah. you can do it. <laughs> that's right. And that's the best time to be a billionaire because yeah. you die. You can do the all the fun things. And don't yeah. get to do anything fun with your money. See, I've so. got this philosophy like, <laughs> I, I want to really enjoy my money while I'm still young ish. How like, dare you, Glenn? Let yeah. me introduce you to a thing called a credit card. <laughs> yeah. And a home equity line. Mm. Or a TD Ameritrade line. TD Ameritrade. Yeah. Just short it and run. Yeah. I, I don't know. Like, you just, I don't know. I mean, I guess I do enjoy my money, but yeah. Anyway, we're going to take a quick break. We're going to pay the bills and we're going to come back and read from the Facebook group. We asked everyone, what's the dumbest thing? What, what do we ask people? We asked biggest money mistake and we'll be right back after we pay the light bill. If you're after personal financial advice, don't get it from a podcast. If you would like help based on your own personal situation, head over to sortyourmoneyout.com. Click get help and we'd be happy to introduce you to one of our trusted advisors. Our panel of advisors, mortgage brokers and accountants work with clients all over Australia so they can connect with you wherever you are. That's sortyourmoneyout.com and click get help. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss plushcare.com slash weight loss. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. All right, we are back. Now, if you are new to the podcast, apologies. (laughs) (laughs) Um, we, you know, these campfire chats, we just hit record and we, we don't really edit. They're usually a bit informal and we're just chewing the, chewing the breeze. And if you are being entertained, let us entertain you. James, tell us a little bit about your band. Sure. Okay. Just one sec. The, the, what's the band name or the group's name? Uh, it's Truslow. Truslow. Yeah. Now, are you like Matchbox 20 and Rob Thomas or are you Rob Thomas and I'll hire a band to tour with? Well, uh, yeah, I'm more Rob Thomas hiring a band. However, mm. um, I definitely want there to be a little bit more buy-in from my guys. So when we were traveling, it was it was us. You know, when we're playing shows, we're splitting those shows um, one-to-one. We're all getting paid equal shares. Uh, on the back end with writing and other things like that, it's a little bit different. But um, yeah, we started the band and gosh, 2013, it's been a while now. Mm. And I'm looking on Spotify here, uh, Truslow, Truslow, sorry, T-R-U-S-L-O-W. Is that German? Uh, sure. Okay. I don't know. Um, <laughs> oh, you've got 240,000 monthly listens. 
Wow. You got a latest release, Natural Killer. Mm-hmm. Do you want to send me like a hook of one of your songs and I'll insert it at the end of this? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Let's do yeah. it, man. Um, and yeah, I'm, I'm happy to help promote good and bad music. So, there you go. Hopefully, we're in the good category. <laughs> exactly, but yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, all right. So, biggest money mistake. So, you guys want to just open your phone. So, there you go. Have a listen to Truslow. Uh, it's really cool stuff. Um, do I have to download Facebook? Facebook to be a part of this talk. Well, I tagged you. Do you have it? Do you not have it on your phone? I do not. Oh gosh. I'll use the uh, the interwebs. Well, I've tagged both of you on the post. Um, let's start with a couple of low hanging fruit. Here we go. Aaron Oxnam, getting a credit card when I first moved out of home. Those things are the devil. Vanessa Lipsky, zip money, but just closed it not long ago. It feels so good. Also bought my son a new mattress entirely from savings, which I'd usually put straight on zip money. Oh, that's cool. So mm. you guys, you've heard of Afterpay here. It's an Australian company. Mm-hmm. Um, there's other ones that- um, Apple just got in recently. Yeah, yeah. So did PayPal, paying for Step Pay, I think. No, I don't know. I still use quarters. Yeah. So. <laughs> um, uh, uh, Etin, I don't know how to say your name. Eddie, Eddie, how do you say that name? Yep. Someone said NFTs. You are just Ooh. exit liquidity. Yeah, I've done that. We're still going to do some my millennial NFTs. Like we're just giving them away. I was working on it in February yeah, when yeah. I was here last. But I've been busy, but we're still going to do it just to give them away, just for souvenirs. I mean, the technology has a purpose. But if you were trying to flip something, woo. Yeah. Good yeah. luck. Oh yeah. Who's a Logan Paul. Mm. Is that the guy's name? Yeah. Yes. He he bragged last year about purchasing uh, a mutant ape for, I think, 32 million or 320 ETH, oh. which at the time was $4,000 per ETH. And now just the loss of Ethereum alone down to, what, 1300 today. Ooh. He's out about a million bucks. Ooh. Jeez. It's unbelievable. Don't, don't do NFTs for flipping, guys. It's not great. Liam Hardy bought a lemon car and didn't sell it when I had the chance, and he held on to zip shares after cashing it in at the spike last year. Um, Mostly likely at a a net loss now. Can you guys see anything else there that's... Let's see what we got. (laughs) Ashley, listen to the podcast in 2018. And just started taking your advice in 2020. <laughs> I'm not sure if she's That's upset about the current advice or she didn't take the advice earlier. I, we'll let uh, interpretation happen with the audience. Yeah, that's funny. Marrying the wrong person. Oh, that's, um, that's a big one. That's huge. Actually, yeah. If you marry the wrong person, that is, you're putting half of your net worth in the arms of, at least, I don't know how the rules are in Australia. Yeah, it's pretty much the but same. Basically, even with prenuptials, like it, it's pretty hard to get a really good prenup. Mm. You're putting half of your net worth in someone else's fate and mm. just daily purchases, credit card debt, what kind of debt they're bringing to the marriage. Folks, if you are young millennials and you're not married yet, you got to think about these things. What? How do you and Rebecca manage debt and credit cards and money? Well, think back to that story where I put us <laughs> 150 grand short and I didn't tell her till after that happened. So you're uh, doing the suppression strategy? Uh, she just doesn't. She couldn't be bothered. Yeah, right. So she just says, "Hey, we have a house. We we can afford things. Tell me when to stop spending money." Okay. And so. every once in a while, I do it. 
I think I read that in what your spending plan, right? The, mm. Is that available for purchase still? Absolutely, yeah. Tell your wife when to stop. Yeah, okay. <laughs> Any good. good ones over there, James? I've read a couple real funny ones. Some I'm I'm not willing to bring up on here, but let's see. Um, thinking DVDs were a good investment in the 2000s. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I like that one. Are they Are they not? I got some I will last tell week. you this. I had a garage sale this last weekend, which that alone is a bad investment of your time. Um, and the best seller was indeed my box of DVDs. So I don't know, the, guys. The Office UK edition? <laughs> That's right. Yeah, the, the $100 Office collection that someone bought for $2. So Maisie, I don't know. Are we calling people out? Six, yeah, yeah. 16K personal loan with 16.85 interest Ooh. to buy a 2001 BMW. <laughs> oh. sorry, sorry, Maisie. I hope you've learned. <laughs> what, is, what is a typical auto loan right now in Australia? Well, like interest rate. Yeah. Uh, if, if you get secured loan against the car, it might be 9%. Okay. So 16 is high. Yeah. Like that was already a bad That's decision. Unsecured, probably. Okay. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Just if you buy a new car in the States, Oh, and the fact like that she one... said personal loan. Oh, okay. Would be a personal unsecured loan, I guess. You wouldn't get it, Nick. No, I don't, I don't have any car loans. You're right. I don't know how that works. Settle brag. I passed one and it said eating takeout and junk food. However, mm. these grocery bills are getting pretty insane, my friends. Totally. So I don't know. Katie Tran said getting a dog. No, that's supposed to be a good thing. If you want new furniture, that's a great investment of your time. Yeah. Jesus, a lot here for kids. Mm -hmm. Race car. I did see race car. Far out, Heath Callum. I bought a drag car, forty thousand dollars, and didn't even make it to the track. <laughs> Ouch! Ouch! Andrew says moving to Portugal with a job transfer, including a fifty k sign up bonus. But then it looks like maybe he just overpaid in taxes. So I would like to know, Andrew, if you're listening, are you still happy with your Portugal move? I'm about to do two weeks in the Algarve in February. <laughs> Should I cancel and go somewhere else? <laughs> right, in the, right in the comments below. Yeah. I like timeshare in Vegas. Oh, wow. timeshares are a yes. disaster. Nobody so, get into a timeshare. We know one person with a timeshare, and my, we're not going to mention their name. My dad has two. Really? Yeah. And he tried to get a third because there's three, three siblings. So he thought, oh, these are like deeded, titled, or whatever timeshares. We'll get one for each kid. And my mom was so mad at the first. But like was like, okay, it's a nice place. We'll go back every year. It's an investment in us, like securing basically a vacation every February, which if you've ever been to Ohio, you want to get out in February. So she accepted it. And then, you know, every time you go down there, they try to schmooze you in with a free luxury breakfast and a two-hour talk to get you to buy another one. Sure enough, my dad bought another one. And one year, my, he was keen to get a third oh. timeshare to get to pass down to each of the kids. And you're like, no thanks? We were like, Dad, I don't want to have to get rid of this thing when you kick the bucket. Oh, no. And my mom said, and she never said no to my dad. Like, almost very passive, do whatever. He made lots of bad decisions. She just quietly put up with it. She goes, Larry, I am flying home today if you buy that timeshare. <laughs> This is like in front oh, of the man. pressure salesman. And he's but like, you know okay, they gotta go. At, at the seminars, right, they will give you a free holiday if you buy the time. Like, it's just a racket. Oh, my God. Actually, we know someone. He's Australian, and he may be related to another Aussie that may have moved here. Um, okay, I love it so far. Yeah, I love it. <laughs> anyway, him and his beautiful wife 
when they first got married, they got a personal loan and bought this holiday scheme with it where it's kind of this weird. So it's like, it was like 10 or $16,000. You pay into it and you get X amount of points a year. Yeah. Oh, I've done yeah, it. Yeah, like uh, I've done it. Star Awards does that. Yeah, yeah. like all Sheldon, that crap. Weston, yeah. those ones. And have it's that like, kind of thing. oh, you get this amount of points for the rest of your life, and and I'm like, mate, they can dilute the value of the points each year. Like this is a bad deal. The fact that you got a personal loan for a holiday scheme, like mm-hmm. you got sucked into it. And, and you're like, look, I've done the point scheme system before at the airlines. <laughs> I know, I it know. Doesn't I know. work. Let me help you out yeah. with personal finance. And, and and this is it, like. I like these conversations because we've all absolutely done dumb things with money, right? Yeah. I've just learned in my life, how can I stop loss the blowouts? So it's not a $4,000 mistake now, or it's not a $1,000 mistake. It's a $500 or a $100 mistake. Mm -hmm. And often if we put time between our decisions and remove the emotion, that's when we have the wins, right? Right. Yeah, I mean, you know that I'm also still degenerate. I mean, right before this podcast, Glenn was watching me day trade the <laughs> S&P 500 stock options during the Fed's FOMC raising the rates meeting. Mm. Use, a, <laughs> use a stop loss and you're more comfortable in those decisions. Yeah, right. gosh. I like this one, James Murdoch. Um, buying a piano on a credit card. As a fellow piano player, I understand the desire, but... Man, do we have a lot of free pianos on Craigslist, so yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you uh, you definitely missed an opportunity there. Maddie JF, buying a brand new car over a seven-year loan. Don't do it. So <clears throat> I would say I'm, you know, I pay cash for my cars. Like I don't have debt on my cars. Have I got a mortgage? Yes. Does it philosophically mean that Everything I buy, I'm borrowing against my home. Yes. <laughs> so, like, if you, you get down to the philosophical part, you know, this, um, when I get a an oat, caramel oat latte yeah. uh, from Upper Cup Coffee, you know, that was, what, $3 or something? Probably four, an exchange rate of, what, yep. 70 cents to the dollar, yeah, so, seven USD. Yeah. So, <laughs> you know, technically, because I've got a mortgage, I borrowed money for this coffee. Didn't I? But are your investments doing better than your current mortgage? Well, rate? my point is with the car thing, financially, you're probably better off to get a car loan than pay cash. Because what? Depreciate inflation? No, because. Because <sighs> I would think the opposite with right. a depreciating asset, I would rather have a house loan, especially in America, because you can write off your. Interest and your taxes. Mm-hmm. Or you can't in Australia. Okay. Well, in the States, mm-hmm. but also the house loan, you know, traditionally you're thinking it's going to increase over time. Mm. Where you know, unless you're buying some classic car that you're going to resell, that car is losing money Absolutely. every mile you put on it. Mm. So I'm more in favor of having a leverage on a house than I am on a car. Yeah. Right. So, but philosophically, if you pay cash for the car, you've borrowed off your home anyway. Yeah. But you, ha- you have to let your... If you live like that, it's a very difficult way to live. That's right. Yeah. So, I guess what I'm saying is if you do go and get a car loan, I would really encourage you not to do it over more than four years and see if you can put 20% into that car loan because that will just slow you down and also will ensure that 
for those over that four years, putting that 20% down, that's kind of like the depreciation hit. So you, you your car will always be worth what the debt is on it. Yeah, so right. it's uh, just feels a little bit more psychologically comforting that you don't have a car worth less than what you owe on it. So that's my two cents with uh, There's an car interesting loans. take right now. Mm. I don't know if you heard it, and I don't know if it translates to the Australian market. It's called about- Bitcoin. <laughs> it is, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I'll send you my wallet. Yeah. Um, actually, looking at, like, leases are starting to make sense, they're saying, which I've t- always been against the lease. But due to inflation mm. and the rising used car mm. market value, it specifically worked a couple years ago. If you got a lease three years ago and your car is currently coming up, the what residual value whatever the, the, balloon. the yeah yeah whatever the leftover is by turning your car in you're actually saving yourself money on the lease and then looking towards the future with the turn in of the car so because the way the car market you, you when you signed that contract 3 years ago you locked in what you could purchase the car 3 years ahead of time with that residual value and because the used car market in America is going so crazy yeah, same you're getting in a huge deal mm-hmm. You can then buy that car. Let's say you did a three-year Tesla loan or a three-year Tesla lease, and you're buying that lease back at the three years ago rate. Mm. You can flip that Tesla for like twenty grand more than what you just bought at the dealer right now. That's right. But a couple of things for our listeners: we don't have leases like you guys have in Australia, in oh, America. Okay, um, it's just a little bit different. So in America, you pay X amount per month. Mm-hmm. You don't. The car isn't in your name, is it? Um. For the most part, no. Like, yeah, you don't right. own it. It's basically That's right. a three-year rental. Yeah. But when you sign that agreement at the beginning of that lease, they'll say, this car is going to be worth XYZ number of dollars. On the lease date, you can purchase that car for XYZ dollars. Yes. So, because the oh, used market- then you flip it at the end. Because yeah. the used market's gone crazy, three years ago, you got a great deal that you can now purchase that, say, a Tesla for 50, and you can now sell that Tesla for 70. Well, my Ranger, I paid $27,000 for it. Talking Ford or Ford. Range Rover? Ranger. Oh. Ford Ranger. Oh, wow. Look at my, you. Man of the people. Yeah. My pickup truck, <laughs> as you would say. I paid twenty seven dollars for it. I could probably sell it for like thirty five dollars at the moment. It's wild. That is wild. Um, and I'm just looking up now to see what my car is worth because I, I think, what are we? Is this the Camry Sport? This is the Camry Sport. Just having a look here. Do you have it? How do you guys do cars, James? We buy. Um, we've never leased. I had a couple of buddies that tried to convince me to lease. Mm-hmm. The only reason I would lease is I like the idea of driving a car in the best three years of its life when I have kids. So, like my wife's car, I wouldn't be opposed to doing a lease for her, knowing that. Uh, I don't I don't know if it's going to be financially beneficial in the long run but it's not. the peace of mind <laughs> yeah it's like that's really what you're paying for yeah but I reckon the worst logic I see with people with cars right is they say I need to buy a new car because it is reliable and safe for my family yeah and mm-hmm. if you pull that thread with that logic you have to buy a brand new car every year I like warranty more. Yeah, than do you guys have mine. certified used cars in Australia? Yeah, yeah those, those are crap. Like <laughs> most, like you buy Kia now in Australia, you like seven or ten years warranty, mm-hmm. and so just buy it three years old and it's under yeah. warranty. I mean, for the listeners, I'm not pro lease. Yeah, I just like black swan events or like outliers, depending on which author you want to go with. 
um, where like the lease doesn't ever make sense until it does. Mm. And that's the one where, like, it, had you just stumbled into a lease three years ago, you'd now be like, I look like a genius. It's like you accidentally invested in, you know, Microsoft in 1980. The other one is we get a lot of energy incentives. And I don't know if you guys get this in Australia, but like four years ago, and I really wish I would have done it, there are certain markets, and Detroit being one of those markets, which is only four hours from where we're recording this. Where, we, where are we going tomorrow? Heading up tomorrow. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe we should look for this opportunity. Yeah. So they had um, the Chevy Volt, which is kind of like- The electric this, one. Uh-huh. It's like electric, but also gas. Like yeah. the first 60 miles are electric, uh, and then it's got like a hybrid, gas kick yeah. in. Um, and for the Volt, it was selling so poorly in Detroit that they were giving such incentives that you could lease it for three years for or $150 a month after government and dealer incentives. And if you're driving more than like 200 miles a week, it pays for itself Mm. in the electric slash gas savings. Mm. So like that lease would have been a free car for three years, minus like your insurance. Gosh. So I just like the the quirky black swan events, looking for things that don't normally make sense that make sense sometimes. So So, now you go. I was going to say if I wanted 20 pianos, do you think I should um, lease them or buy them outright? Is this for like... A crowdsourcing. No, I'm just. I'm. I'm. What were those I'm, I'm just here for James together. Murdoch. Oh, like a GoFundMe. No, uh, they all got like together in the subways and they do like one dance. Oh, the flash mob. <laughs> flash mob. Is this a flash mob That's piano right. thing? A downtown Denver okay. flash mob. So get this. I paid. What did I pay? My car when I bought it new. Uh, I didn't buy it new. I paid forty one thousand five hundred two years ago. Two and a half years ago. Um, I'm just looking online at the moment. I can probably, there's one here, the same kilometers, a little bit older for 43,000. So I'm thinking, do I sell the Lexus? I've had two and a half years of no depreciation Mm. and upgrade my car. Given that I might have to pay a little bit more in yeah, this market. What, it, are dealers marking up crazy in Australia like oh, yeah. in America? Yeah. We just can't get cars. There's a, a YouTube channel I follow, and it's Donut. And they talk about – they make these guys who are basically car nuts, mm. who know everything about the car market. They make them guess what the dealer markup is on these cars. Right. And they had like a – what do you get? The Hilux. What do you guys? That's, yeah, Hilux. That's yeah. So like in America, that would be like the Toyota Tacoma. It's Toyota, mate. It's the same name yeah. everywhere. <laughs> so the Toyota Tacoma is selling, it's like a $40,000 truck. Yeah. And they're like, okay, that's the MSRP. What Toyota says you should sell this car for, guess what the dealer's selling it for. D- give me a guess right now. Go so on. the recommended retail or whatever is what, 43, did you say? Yeah, 43,000 bucks. Oh, it'd be 62 or something. James, guess. Ugh, I'm I'm going to be in the same ballpark. It it's was like eighty eight thousand dollars U.S. And people are paying it. Oh, people are paying my it. Gosh, jeez. So maybe do, do your numbers before you commit to selling your license. It's a good season to have an extra car. Yeah. Yeah. Like if you've got a third car, now is the time to sell your third car. Mm. Well, just, hey, can just we do a profit. special edition mm. bad money decisions? Glenn, we have a mutual um, friend. Um, I don't know how you describe a deceased person on a podcast, but uh, <laughs> we won't besmirch his name on the podcast, but Bad Money Decisions bonus episode. <laughs> yeah. I'm in India traveling, yeah. and I get a text saying, 
hey, I sold my Honda Pilot, which is a seven-passenger SUV. People, And this person has three kids. So (laughs) you you want a seven-passenger. I said, sweet, man, what'd you get? I traded it straight up for a used Mini Cooper. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Which isn't going to age well with tall teenage children. Two years later, gets bored of the Mini Cooper. Straight trades it, Lloyd Christmas style from Dumb and Dumber, Mm. for a 1969 Royal Enfield motorcycle. Jeez. For the listening audience who doesn't know, you can't ride that motorcycle seven out of the 12 months in Ohio. That's wild. He went from a good, useful seven-passenger SUV and within two years (laughs) flipped it to a vintage, barely working, non-usable seven months out of the year motorcycle. (laughs) And that's my friend's worst money decision. Probably not. Look at this. Same car as mine, $45,500. What are you doing? Drive that Ranger for two years, buy the dip, and live your life. I need my Ranger for the boat, though. Are there any other funny... Do you leave it hooked up to your boat? No, I don't don't want to drive the Ranger around as my daily. Well, there's your answer. Don't be talking about the boat when you really just don't want to drive for your daily. No, well, I need it for the boat. Like, what am I going to tow my boat with? The Lexus? Not happening. More money, more problems. Um, (laughs) Emma... Bates said, my ex-husband, other than that, a credit card in my early 20s to buy furniture when I had no idea how a credit card worked, didn't pay off the initial purchase in the interest-free period, and it remained maxed out until I finally sorted my finances in my late 20s. I'm surprised nobody's said condos. Do you guys have condo fee in associations? Yeah, but it's it's different. We call it strata fees. Like... you know, my properties are in strata, mm-hmm. um, but they're not over my, the top. My first purchase in like real estate purchase was a condo mm. here in Columbus. And, you know, I got it basically at build price. It was a good deal. 2005, you know, now it's not a good deal knowing mm. that 2008 was about to happen. <laughs> 2005, the first month we moved in, the condo fee was $75 a month. The first month we moved in, it doubled to 150 a month. We're just newly working kids with a lot of school loan debt, not sure what's going to happen. Like the 75 bucks a month is like, it's a hit in the pocketbook. So you're thinking, dang, literally nine months later, we find out one of the other buildings in the condo complex was built on bad ground and it's sinking a little Mm, bit. And they have special levies. And the builder has gone broke. They've bankrupted. So we can't go after the builder. So they levied everybody, like $5,000. You mm. could spread out over five years or whatever. So now our condo fee that just nine months ago was $75 per month, bumped up to $150, is now riding at $250. Jeez. Goodness. Within nine months, we've, what, 3X more than mm. what our condo fee was. And from that, I've been scared of anything that comes with an unfixed monthly fee that can go along with your home. I, um, you know, I, I recently bought that unit in Newcastle and I went to the um, the strata meeting or the committee meeting which would be the HOA meeting and <laughs> it's like common sense isn't allowed in those meetings <laughs> and you know there was someone who put a request in and they're like oh unit you know 108 or whatever they want to know and you know the common areas so like common areas 
guess what? It's common. Right. Someone was like, they want permission to be able to hang artwork out the front of their unit in the common area. Is this outside or inside? Inside. Okay. Like in the hallways, right? And also put a like a sideboard with a vase or something outside the unit. And the committee, <laughs> they were debating it, whether they were, they were about to, and I put my, I'm not on the committee, and you can go to the meetings and, you know, ask questions to the committee, and they were starting to talk about it. And I put my hand up and I was like, hey, like, if you don't want to live in an apartment building, like, don't. Like, Mm-hmm. You guys allow someone to hang artwork or images up. You pull that thread and that precedent. What if I want to hang one up and it's highly offensive to other res? Like this is a non-starter. Not to mention fire hazards. There could be an issue with compliance with fire trip hazards and just this wild stuff. And then they're like, "Oh, we- one of the other residents wanted to do like uh, group." salsa dancing in the common areas and I'm like hey there can be this like I know there's literally doctors here who work night shifts like this isn't a social club like sure organize it but do it across there's a park across the road like by the end of the meeting you raise your hand and they're like to the curmudgeon in the back yeah that's right we acknowledge you anyway I'm, I'm just saying all this stuff like literal like common sense it's like and they're like oh yeah you've got a point thanks for bringing that up I'm like you're welcome like just no, if you don't want to, if you want all this crap, guess what? Apartment living isn't for you. Single family house time. Yeah. Or go and live in an over 55s village and they'll organize the dance lessons for you. But it's just so crazy. That is crazy. Anyway, I rant. There's one here um, from Rebecca Bradley, getting married to a narcissist with spending <laughs> issues. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> it's savings issues. Oh, she sorry. Would have said savings sorry. issues. Um Anything else that you can see over there, James? Yeah, I see one. Where was the name? Smoking, but only because I found out what the cost of cigarettes are in Australia. Oh wow! Informing. Absolutely insane. Well, what Glenn? Fill me in. I mean, I know you're a, you're an extreme smoker over there, right? No, um, over here. They're only like what seven dollars a pack, maybe six dollars a pack. Yeah, let's say six seventy eight, plus change in tax, and depending on which gas station I'm at. A friend of mine, uh, who also will rename, will, will remain nameless, was telling me it's like forty something dollars. Oh, yeah, it's it's more. It'd be like fifty. Oh my Australian, gosh, fifty to man. seventy Australian for a pack, like twenty cigarettes or whatever. Yeah, yeah, fifty dollars. I know. I couldn't believe it. Wait, uh, buy cigarettes. Wow. Australia. Yeah, I kind of want to know what the exact price is, but I I remember it being so unbelievably high. I mean, it's still expensive here, but gosh, man, if there's ever incentive to quit smoking, that I've would got be to put it. my date of birth in to get onto this website. One nine eighty. Huh? All right, fifty. I think the name was Bronwyn. Um, what do we got here? Wow. A carton. Holy dooly. Ten. Okay, I'm going to give you the equivalent. Ten cigarettes. Ten packs. Ten packs, a carton. Do they Mm -hmm. sell that carton? Yeah. 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 
Uh, I'm just going to give you the exact um, American amount to blow your mind. You really do have slow service in your basement. Um, it's like, where are we? Yeah, $200. Oh, then that's probably better than what I thought. Hmm. Um, but that was for- That's still insane. Benson and Hedges, maybe. Either way, it's ridiculous. It's, it's expensive. Um, so, oh yeah, and there's a pack here, $425 um, for 10. Holiday gold. My dad used to smoke holidays. That's funny. Goodness, man. Now, what I did, I looked on Reddit. Can you see any other interesting ones there? Or are we all out? There's heaps of comments. <laughs> I, like, I like the sarcasm in buying an apartment in a 1% risk flood zone. I feel like there's a good story involved in this from, from Christy Murray. <laughs> yeah. So, in Australia, get this. Parts of Australia in the last, I'll say, I'll be generous and say three years, where it may even be two years, parts of Australia had three one in 100 year floods. Oh my goodness. But I think one of them was like a one in a thousand year flood. Like oh. there are legitimate like towns in Australia within two or three years have had three major floods. Like savage. That's terrible. Here, oh, okay. I just did Reddit. What's the worst financial mistake you made and what did you learn from it? Mm-hmm. Um, I build a $2,000 computer and all I do is browse Reddit. <laughs> this person was like, That's I good. bought a car online. $4,500 later, I realized there was no car. Also, I once had nine maxed out credit cards. Oh. <laughs> Someone's like, dumbass, you should have just downloaded a car. Um, I paid a credit counselor to help me pay off $12,000 in debt. I was 21 with a couple of credit cards and a student loan. I didn't know I was going to even make minimum payments and collection was calling me three times a day at work. So I paid an agency an extra $40 per month to make the bad man go away. After four, <laughs> I don't know where this is going. After four years of making payments, I'd finally paid everything off. A year later, I tried to get a $5,000 loan. The banker told me I should have claimed bankruptcy as it would look better on my credit rating if I had. <laughs> Apparently, oh, no. using an agency looks really bad. That's funny. I've got a good, the same Reddit thread that taught James how to trade stocks in the stock market. <laughs> There's a guy that uh, trades commodities and he lives in a 800 square foot, which I don't know what the square meters is, and that's mm. small. It's a small apartment in New York City. And he's a day trader and he's sitting in his house, his little apartment, and he's day trading commodities. And when you're day trading commodities, you're literally obligating yourself to purchase the commodity in a huge lot load. So he was day trading egg commodities, chicken eggs. And 
He puts on the Reddit thread, does anyone know a good charity that I can donate two million eggs to? Oh my gosh. He said, I was day trading egg (laughs) commodities and I thought I'd closed out all of my contracts (laughs) and I didn't close these two out and I have to pick up two million eggs or whatever it was down at the port (laughs) by Thursday. (laughs) I live in an 800 square foot apartment. I can't take these eggs. Uh, So what's the moral to like CFDs? or whatever just really pay attention to what oh, you're doing that is good that's my favorite I've got a I've got another bad personal one if you yeah, want to throw some more there. mud this in my is, own face this is your life my freshman year of college uh, it's 2001 and I'm looking at uh, eBay I don't know if you guys have heard of it small little company mm-hmm. in 2001 just kind of breaking up. through yeah and being a I don't know 18, 19 year old idiot did that ever go anywhere <laughs> uh, let, let's pray for him maybe, yeah. maybe it'll take off so I, I had, um, you know, as you said, grew up in Alaska. So I know a little bit of oil. I've worked in oil fields before. I've worked on like seismic exploration to find oil, natural gas. And on this particular dumb day, let's call it a Tuesday, I'm perusing eBay and I see 200 acres of land in West Texas. And if you know that Texas is like one of the big oil places in America, and it says $5,500 minimum bid. Or the current bid. So I talked to my roommate whose daddy had a lot of money. And I'm like, hey, I can come up with three grand. Can you come up with three grand? We're going to buy 200 acres of oil-rich, presumably, West Texas land. And he's like, sure. So I swipe my new GM card that, you know, Visa loves to give college kids, max it out at the six grand, and we have the high bid. And there's like, I don't know, maybe an hour left in the bidding process. We get the high bid. We get the high bid. I start scrolling down, looking at the details. We get the high bid. We get the high bid. I'm still scrolling down. And I get to the point where it says, you are purchasing a small percentage of the down payment. And upon closure, you will owe $2.5 million within 30 days in this legally binding contract or else you'll be under legal lawsuit. And oh, I read that, and I just, of course, gosh. as an 18 year old idiot, I just start sweating. I'm like, <laughs> I, I spent six grand thinking I'm gonna get in the deal of the century. Like, what is this dumb dumb doing, right? And it's just like, high bid, high bid. There's like 10 minutes, high bid, seven minutes, high bid, six minutes. I'm like, dear Lord, if you're up there, please let someone outbid oh. me. Three seconds, two seconds, one second, and it closes. And I'm like, we, we need to come up with $2.5 million <laughs> to buy this possibly worthless land in West Texas. And I get an email, bloop. I don't know if it was AOL or my mm. student account. And it says, you have been outbid no for way. the land in West Texas. We're sorry about your <laughs> sorry about your endeavors. <laughs> and they bid like $6,100 or something. Oh, now, now we're deep into the, uh, the, the podcast and all like the, all the haters have left. The stupidity hour, we'll call this, it. This is the stupidity hour. There's there's someone here. Um, what they say? I lost it. Oh, where was it? Going to college to obtain an English degree. Everyone, everyone told me I was a moron, but I didn't care <laughs> because literature is my passion, quote unquote. I now work at a bank. <laughs> Banks are always looking for tellers. Oh, man. Until the machines replace you soon. The dumbest thing I've done with money, voting. I'm Greek. And oh, that was 10 years ago. This is an old thread. 
I was going to tell you something else that was funny. <sighs> I don't know. We probably should go. Anything else over there? Anything you want to add? I just like um, university in general. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Anyone going for uh, a music degree of any capacity, unless you're teaching the young minds of the future. Music, arts, oh, English. Listen, as a fellow dropout, come join the cause. Hustle the hustle and figure it out on the old YouTubes. <laughs> <laughs> so... At um, someone said here, multi-level marketing on. Uh, oh gosh, on I've been Reddit. there. I've done it. Really? I've done it. I was Ooh. I was thick. Advocare, <laughs> and that sucker <laughs> shut down. I mean, they got big enough well, where. So if if there's a product involved, it's not MLM, right? Like it's not a legal pyramid scheme. No, scheme. well, it was. This was pyramid enough for them to shut it down. Yeah, right. <laughs> so. Yeah, I had a close family friend, and they were making about seven hundred thousand dollars a year. Um, and yeah, we we got in pretty early, but I lost all my friends. <laughs> so I said, "Ah, you know what? Friends are a little bit better than so, some passive income." You know, when like I was just in Florida at this conference, Fincon, at the same venue, they had this huge MLM conference. Oh gosh, and it yeah. was called Planet. America or something like that. Or that's, no, Planet Marketing. That sounds about right. And I think they're like, they do like, they're selling these home. I had a look at it yesterday with Nick. They're doing like these home um, travel agency businesses or something like that. Like just some total BS, right? That you don't, if you want to start a travel agency business from home, guess what? You can probably do it without Planet Marketing. Um, anyway, we were like, it was full on hype, like thousands of people at this event. And we were walking down to our event and I was with Robbo and we were like in front of us, it was like these four guys and they're all like on their own Facebook lives filming going into it. And we're walking behind them. And I said to Nathan, I'm like, oh, hey, watch this. And I started dropping like um, just truth bombs like so they could hear it's like yeah it's just all about that growth mindset and you've got to just you always be closing and and get the deal done and dropping all these things <laughs> and the guy's like nodding like yeah, ABC, yeah baby yeah, yeah oh, it's so cool and anyway so that was kind of fun just to mess around with them and then <laughs> oh man i was getting to the lift at my room i think i was telling you yesterday there was this lady on the phone to her mum, and she's like yeah, mom. I mean, yeah, it's easy. We'll get you signed up. You'll be working under my director with me. Oh, no. He's like, oh, it's just like, oh, you're selling your own mom. Like, <laughs> that's the starting point. You gotta yeah. start, they get you, you start man. somewhere. Say, Listen, your family, your yeah. family is target number one. Yeah. Followed closely by your, your friends who will never leave your side. Yeah, absolutely. Let me tell you, they will. They will leave your side. <laughs> Wait. They will leave Glenn, you. I, I follow a few different people that are at FinCon at the same yeah. time you were. And the one guy has maybe a million YouTube subscribers, mm. probably 500,000 on Twitter. Like, you know, he's thinking, I'm quasi-famous, or at least I'm big enough to be at FinCon, make a big deal out of it. And someone, he just posted a, a thread, and he said someone stopped him and said, hey, can I, can, can I get a picture? And he's like, oh, yeah, sure. And he throws his arm around this dude, and he goes, what are you doing? I want you to take a picture of me and my friends. <laughs> they were there for the the MLM conference, and he thought he thought they were a fan of the FinCon. Oh. <laughs> so he's got his arm around this MLM guy. And he's like, "What? Who are you? Why are you touching me?" <laughs> oh, that's awesome. 
Far out. Yeah, it's wild. We had uh, these friends that we know once, they invited a whole heap of us over and they were going to share their new... They, La- lingerie party? No, they they said like, oh, come over for dinner. We want to show you our new business and get your eye, like get your feedback on our new business plans and mm. business ideas. So you're growing up in the Midwest. We know that's a red flag. <laughs> yeah. yeah. We're, we're not going to that dinner. Yeah. So Kids are sick. Dog died. We're finding an excuse to not show up to the business. <laughs> anyway, before, and, like, and everyone's like, yeah, sweet. We'll come around and have dinner. And a friend of mine, he kind of found it, got to the bottom of it. It's like, before the dinner, it's like, it ain't no business people. <laughs> like, <laughs> It's like you yeah. have three RVs, Glenn. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> it's just wild. So, in closing, what do you think the best thing you guys have ever done with money? If we finish on a a good note, although it's pretty good to finish recapping your mistakes, Nick. But do you have any like final comments or good things that you've done with money? Yeah. I mean, there's some. Um, you believed in yourself. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> uh, just having multiple avenues of of different types of passive income, I think, is mm. important. Not putting it all in one mm. one basket. Um, they say the average millionaire has seven sources of income. There you go. I counted like 11 of mine. Well, that's why you're a billionaire. Um, <laughs> yeah, billionaire, Glenn. Billions and billions and billions and billions. <laughs> Ivana and I have got a lot of money. Too oh, that was a that was a Trump. Wow, that's terrible. Oh, was it? Not yeah. good. Okay, can not you do a not Trump? nearly enough narcissism. <laughs> I cannot do a Trump. I puke thinking about the orange hair. Continue, James. Sorry. Uh, I, I've taken a lot of the money I've made from music to put it back into music. So different, different ways to make money. So Mm. in the beginning, um, I would just invest in equipment and things that I knew I could rent. And so since then I, I have like, uh, probably about 10 to 15 conferences I rent my equipment out to. Oh, wow. So that's been all right. Um, but again, if I had just taken all that and tried to live off of it. It wouldn't be there. There's another mm. way to make money. Mm. What we're sitting in your studio. What type of drum kit's this? Ooh, this is a. Let's see. This is a Gretsch Renown kit. Got Ooh. this sucker for a good deal. Rich much? <laughs> uh, bargain much, man. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's. I wish I was better at it, but yeah. it's pretty to look at. Yeah, that's that's a good idea, isn't it? Like multiple income streams. Mm-hmm. Actually, a question that. We get sometimes, and people are like, I'm a bit of an entrepreneur, and what do I focus on? And my kind of answer would be, if you've got a couple of streams happening of like little things, and you've done that for a little while, you know that one probably is doing better than the others. Mm-hmm. Do you then divert your attention to that main one and double down on that? Or do you keep them all simmering? Uh, it depends on how much energy it's mm. taking from me. Like time and energy is big for me. So mm. if if I'm just keeping something alive out of principle, no way. Yeah, teach it. Yeah. So and that just goes to prove that there's probably better ways to do it. Mm. So invest in what's working, mm. and always be willing to try something. And if it if you can find a way to to get it to be relatively self sustaining, then that's obviously the goal. Mm. 
Um, but I think that's everyone's goal. Mm. Well shared. What about you, Bradley? Um, and real estate's been good to me. Yeah, so you've got like a million homes or something now, don't you? I have three. And they're all paid off. They are, yeah. Wow. That's great. Dave Ramsey would really be proud I know. of you. I, I'm a little upset <laughs> at Dave. I actually was a bit of a Dave follower. Mm. Always did credit cards. Never gave up on the, the beauty credit. <laughs> I always paid off at the end of the year. But I, You're like, I like Dave Ramsey. But, uh, exactly. I, like, yeah. I created this statue of Dave Ramsey and Clark Howard, who's yeah. like Dave Ramsey in America, but pro credit card. Did, did I tell you Clark he, Howard? He gave you a like. He gave me a like on oh, Twitter. Man. You're big Ooh. time. Giddy up. <laughs> so real estate's been good. I would look at real estate. How can you get in? House hack. If you don't know what house hacking is, I wanted to purchase, and if Rebecca's listening, she'll agree. I wanted to She's get She's not listening, mate. I'll make her. <laughs> not this deep, man. <laughs> We're an hour and 10 in. It's, um, if you can do it, get a duplex as your first, first property. Mm. If you don't want to live literally with people. If you're single, buy a house with three bedrooms, rent two of them out to other people for a couple years. They're going to help make your note. You're going to you can reuse that money. You can invest that money. You can flip that money. But like, don't just buy a house to have a house. Like, you're wasting a huge amount of money and some of the best um, percentage leverage you're going to get. And I'm a little mad that my houses are paid off. Mm. I really wish I had a 30-year loan at 2.85% because I would be using all of that money in the stock market. But I had, you know, kids and my wife didn't want to work anymore. It was like more of the peace of mind. Mm. And a year and a half later, I'm like, forget peace of mind. Yeah. <laughs> the rich leverage this. Time to make the big bucks. Truly wealthy people leverage assets. I think your, your mate Robert Kiyosaki calls it OPM. Oh, yeah, probably. Other people. So money. let me ask this question, Nick. Why, why aren't you using that money now? Well, 6.85% interest rates right now. That's fair. <laughs> Hardest, Good answer. Hard, Quick, hardest, to the point. Hardest spread to get. But guys, <laughs> yeah. I just found a degen investment, I'll tell you offline. 6.85, we'll flip that into 600, no time. But actually, if you are new to like this whole crypto thing, like I, I've got a very, very, very small percentage of my net worth in crypto. Like it would have to be well under 1%. Like I just, I'd rather just buy homes and equities assets yeah but like if you are interested like now is a really good time to do my cryptocurrency for beginners online course because there's no hype out there in the world so it's a good time to actually learn the concepts and the principles and i don't know like my kind of view is everyone's fighting every coin and every project they're fighting to be the Google of crypto. They're fighting to be the Facebook of crypto. Because remember the But who is the Yahoo? Is yeah, well that's right. Yeah. That's right. And I'm the Yahoo. And who's, that's the problem. And who's the MySpace? Who's the Nokia? Yeah. Like, so we've just got to learn and understand the concepts and technology. And if you're not sure, well don't do anything. And I probably would go out on a limb to say conservatively of like if you had 10 grand to invest in a equity portfolio, maybe only allocate 2% of that to wild stuff. 
<laughs> Nick's like, oh, like 80. I may have no, I may have learned my lesson. I'd be like uh, half a percent. Yeah, like ten grand, maybe throw five hundred. Yeah. So and don't go dicking around with this stuff boys. because what, Bitcoin's low enough, Ethereum's low enough that you can get in some top tier, and not have to like search. Yeah. Like it's just. But if you're saving to buy a new house, or if you're saving to buy your first home, if you're saving to get out of debt or paying off your debt, if you're saving for a holiday, like all this stuff. Forget it because the minute you step over that threshold of I want to get rich quick, like we bought lottery tickets the other night and you owe me half a billion dollars because we we didn't win. We didn't win, no. I'm like, wouldn't it be cool to – oh, you won, did you? Oh, I won the Mega Millions. Don't you forget it. Now, granted, it was $16, but I beat the system. Now, I spent 30 on the ticket. Yeah. <laughs> so you're only down 14. But don't you forget that I won the Mega Millions the other day. Two numbers. I there. tagged you on the Jerry News Instagram post. Did you see yeah. that? It's just like two people win the billion dollars. And I'm like, Glenn James and Nick Bradley. <laughs> All right. Well, shall we go? I've already Look, left in my mind. For the three people left listening, uh, thanks for hanging around. We'll end the little campfire chat here. And we're just hanging out. It's infotainment. If if you've learned one thing, don't chase dopamine. Don't try and get rich fast. Don't buy meme stocks. Don't option leverage. Do options. Don't buy airline miles. If don't you buy timeshares, don't buy timeshares. Don't buy holiday packages. Just do things that div- uh, diversify your income streams. If it's boring, you're probably doing it right. Yeah. Yeah, And that sucks so much. Totally. I I redid my spending plan actually yesterday while I was at a cafe because I'm just always – because my team, they always try and like out me. Like JP will write in the chat like, so Glenn, do you follow your own Glenn James spending plan? I'm like, I actually do because I made it for me to – because I'm a spender. If you haven't met me, guys, I'm – you know, if there's money – in my wallet or in my bank account, guess what? It grows legs. And yeah, I use the Glenn James spending plan spreadsheet myself. And, you know, a bit of a bit of maintenance I did the other day. Every couple of months I go in and do some maintenance. So you've got too much money. You wouldn't need a spending plan, would you, Nick? <laughs> nope. You just get those rent checks every month and it's happy days. All right, we'll go at the end of this. We might, I'll get a half a song or something like that and we'll we'll put that on the file so if someone wants to listen to your music yeah that sounds great man yeah and then they can go over to would you prefer people to listen on Spotify or Apple yeah either one Spotify's all roads lead to Rome that's right <laughs> get that two cents uh, uh, <laughs> oh, per hundred two cents man we'd be living in a different house right now so. <laughs> alright bye We acknowledge the Awabakal people, traditional custodians of the land on which our studio sits, and pay respects to their elders, past, present, and emerging. We extend that respect to Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander peoples who may listen to our podcast. My Millennial Money supports a variety of charities, and we encourage you to consider giving as part of your overall financial strategy. If you would like some giving options, or if you're unsure about which charity you can support, head to mymillennial.money forward slash charities for more info. 
This podcast is for education and entertainment purposes. Any advice is general financial advice only, which does not take into account your objectives, financial situation, or needs. Because of that, you should consider if the advice is appropriate to you and your needs before acting on the information. If you do choose to buy a financial product, read the product disclosure statement, target market determination, and obtain appropriate financial advice tailored to your needs. Simo Interactive Proprietary Limited, the publisher of the podcast, and Glenn James are authorized representatives of Money Sherpa Proprietary Limited, which holds financial services license 451289. All right, I'm going to play one of James's songs now. It's called Lucky Day. You can look up Truslow on Spotify or Apple Music, T-R-U-S-L-O-W, Truslow. Give him a follow on Instagram. He's got some really great music. You'll love this. Here's Lucky Day by Truslow. Something's calling out to you It's 
in the cards, the modest touch She'll hold your hand, she'll give you love Find a table, roll the dice and play the game It's your lucky day Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.